0: God, we love you, and we are just so thankful for you, so thankful for everything that you have blessed us with, all the ways in which that you have given us strength and courage this last week, all the ways in which you have uh, just touched our hearts this week. God, uh, would we just hear from you in a very real way this morning? God, I just pray this morning as we do every week that you would speak through me. That the words that come out of my mouth would not be just my words, but they would be your words for your people on your day. God, no one came to hear from me. We, every single one here, including me, came to hear from you this morning. Would we hear from your word and will we leave changed? God, we love you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we have been uh, in a long series here, uh, a three-part series uh, called "More Than a Feeling," uh, really talking about how do we, how do we, how do we act? How do we? How are we in a culture uh, that is what scholars are telling us is a post-truth culture? How do we live as a Christian in this post-truth culture? How do, When our truth is, is right here, we have our truth. This is truth. This is not just truth for some people. This is truth for, for all of humanity. This is what we believe and how we live is more than just a feeling. We don't just do it because we feel like it's the right thing to do. We do it because it's based on the truth that we find in this word. And so uh, we have just two more weeks in this series. And so uh, I we've... Part one has been, uh, part one was what do we believe? What do we believe? How how does, what does this book teach us? What does this truth teach us about what we believe? And part two was how do we live as though we believe this? What are some of the practices that you and I need to have as believers who believe these things to be able to mature into the image of Jesus Christ? And then this part three that we're going to be finishing up over the next couple weeks has been really answering this question. Who are we becoming? What do we believe? What do we do? Who are we becoming? This, this part three has really been talking about some of the characteristics and some of the virtues that we have as believers in Jesus Christ, as people who, are, who want to look more and more like Jesus every single day? What are some of the characteristics and virtues that we need to have? So we've talked so far in part three about having a renewed mind, like we read about in Romans chapter 12. We've talked about... Uh, <clears throat> having persistence in our prayer, being submitted fully to God, every single part of us. We've talked about love and compassion and discernment. Now, the last two weeks of this series, this week and next week, I want to talk about just this dichotomy that we have in our faith between us in Christ and Christ in us. Today I want to talk about this this first part. What does it look like to place our lives, as Colossians chapter 3 says, in Christ, and Colossians chapter 3 verse 3 says this, For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You have died. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. What does it mean for you and me to hide our lives in Christ? What does it mean to place our lives in Christ? Next week we'll talk about the result of that. That as we give ourselves to Christ, that Christ gives himself to us, and we have Christ in us that empowers us to go out and to live what we've been talking about for the last, it will be 24 weeks. But this, this morning, I want to really just dive into this, this, this talk about us in Christ, placing our lives in Christ. Colossians 3.3, for you have died and your life is hidden in Christ. Now, to do this, I want to just look at uh, a passage in Matthew chapter 11. In Matthew chapter 11, uh, Jesus is talking with his disciples, he's teaching, uh, and uh, so we're going to go there, we're going to start there today. Matthew chapter 11, if you're in one of our pew Bibles, uh, it's on page 836, if you want to go there with me. Uh, This is, uh, Jesus is actually kind of praying in this passage. He begins this by praying, and then he has kind of a statement and here's i just want to read this whole thing starting in verse 25 we'll go all the way through 30 and we will break this down this morning here's what he says at that time jesus said i praise you father lord of heaven and earth because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children yes father for this is what you were pleased to do Many of us probably have at least heard or maybe seen on a painting uh, these last few verses. Come to me, all of you who are burdened and heavy laden. All of you, uh, come to me. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. This first part, though, is a little confusing, right? This, uh, these things have been hidden from the learned and the wise and then revealed to little children. What is he talking about here? Basically, Jesus is is kind of condemning something that is happening in this culture in this culture you have these Pharisees and these teachers and these rabbis you have these teachings and these teachings are are really heavy on people they are uh, there 's this imagery of a yoke here right this imagery of a yoke and uh, you know uh, but these Pharisees have this, there's, he's kind of condemning this intellectual, kind of a, there's kind of a classist, if you will, attitude going on here. You've got these Pharisees who think, I know everything, I can do everything, I'm better than you because I know everything. And then you have these people who they're trying to, to put rules on and to put all these, all these burdens on who are over here who are feeling just Overwhelmed. And so Jesus is is kind of talking here against these Pharisees, against these teachers who are putting heavy loads on people, who are kind of having this attitude of, I'm better than you, I'm a year worse than me, I know more than you, and so I'm closer to God because I follow all these rules, I know all these rules, Uh, and so there's this kind of, there's this attitude here, and Jesus is kind of condemning the sort of intellectual pride that we see from these Pharisees. And he gets into this imagery, as he does this, of a yoke. Now this first part is going to make sense as we unpack this whole imagery of a yoke. There's really, uh, some of you have heard this before as well, there's, there's kind of a couple different ways that yoke was used back in these times. The first way that you talk about a yoke was when you're talking about oxen put a yoke on an ox and they'll go plow your field they'll go they'll pull your trailer they'll do all kinds of stuff right they just go and they're big and they're strong that's what they do they they had single yokes so you would put on one oxen they also had double yokes that they would put on oxen and when they did this they would put a strong ox with a weak ox. They would kind of put the experienced, bigger, the one who knows the commands of the person who's driving with the new one that they're trying to train up. So as the commands are being, are being yelled out at these oxen, that the strong one, the one who knows what is doing, would essentially train the, the less strong ox. They would go, they would team up. This was, this was how they used this. Now, there was also a a Jewish context that they would use to talk about the yoke. The yoke was described uh, the way that you described a rabbi's teaching. So, all of these rules... That all these Pharisees were putting on everybody. This is a this was the quote unquote yoke of these Pharisees, of these teachers, of these rabbis. They would come up with all of these rules and all of these interpretations of scripture, and they would put these on people. And this was the the yoke of their teaching. So you have these these rabbis, and they have these. These are the kind of rabbis that have this tendency to be like the people that Jesus is condemning here. They would be very strict. They would be rigid. They had a list of over 600 rules for people to follow, and if you messed up on just one, you were, you were pretty much pushed out. You were, you were pushed to be perfect by the law. And if you didn't follow the rules, see you later. You can see this is, just a, this is a heavy burden for people to, to have. There was a heavy yoke because there was this feeling that you could never measure up. There was this feeling that you, could, uh, that you were just constantly putting more and more weight on your shoulders. And so there was this heavy yoke that was on people from these rabbis. In fact, Jesus actually uh, talks about this one more time in the book of Matthew. If you just go over just a few pages, Matthew chapter 23, verse 1 through 4, he says, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders. But they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. What is Jesus talking about here? He's talking about this yoke that the Pharisees put on people. He says they, they tie up heavy, cumbersome loads, and they put them on people's shoulders. And so this is the imagery, and this is kind of the, the context to which Jesus says these words. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Now, It's kind of confusing that he says, learn from me, right? But this is, it makes a little more sense when you're talking about the yoke of, of teaching. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This passage tends to take on a little more meaning when you hear it in the context of this, of this teaching, with, who Jesus is talking to here. He's saying, look, all of you who are burdened, all of you who are heavy laden, when you feel like, like these people who, who feel like they know everything are tossing everything on you and they're, they're putting all these expectations on you that no one can live up to, says, take my yoke upon you. All of you who are heavy and, and burdened, take my yoke upon you. I will give you rest. So what does this, what does it mean? What is this, what is Jesus really talking about here? And I think really this picture is one of the most beautiful pictures of the Christian life that we have in Scripture. I really do believe that. To be able to put on the yoke of Christ, as Colossians 3 says, be able to, to hide our lives in Christ. I think it's beautiful. But in order to be able to to put on the yoke of Christ that is is easy, that is light, we have to be able to take off the other yokes. We have to be able to take off these these heavy yokes that are being placed on us. What yokes am I talking about? To be able to put on the yoke of Christ, we need to be able to take off the yoke of sin, the, the yoke of guilt. We need to be able to take off this heavy yoke. There's this, this picture in, in, in first century Judaism. People are constantly reminded they don't measure up. They have all of these laws. And as you, as you don't follow the laws, the guilt comes up. And as the guilt rises, the weight of these laws rises as well. And so you have this, this heavy burden, this heavy yoke of all of these rules and this list of things to do and to not to do. And, and you have these religious leaders who are putting on more guilt and more guilt. You know, my prayer, as a pastor and as a church, is that we aren't doing that. That we aren't adding to this heavy yoke of guilt onto people. Yeah, you know, there was a there was a study that actually had nothing to do with the church. It was just kind of a word association that people were playing with this thing, and there was uh, there was thousands of people who took this survey. There was a word association for the word guilt. And the number one answer was church. I feel guilty when I go. I feel guilty when I don't. I feel guilty when I learn. I feel guilty when I don't. When I think of guilt, I think of church. Now, just think about how how wrong that is. I just want to remind us this morning that Romans tells us there is No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That Psalm 103 says that Jesus, as we are forgiven, takes our sin, puts it as far away as the east is from the west. And he remembers it no more. The Christian life is not a life that should be about guilt. We need to be able to take off this yoke of of guilt. And, And the beauty of Christianity is that we can As we come under the yoke of Christ, as we put our lives in Christ, we get to take off this yoke of sin and of guilt, because Jesus has taken this from us. Jesus, on the cross, as he died, as he rose from the grave three days later, took our guilt, took our shame, took our sin, so that we don't have to carry it anymore. We we can take off this yoke. We can take off the heavy yoke of sin and of guilt. That we can also take off the yoke of of legalism and self reliance. We have this attitude that we can do it ourselves, and we tend to make Christianity just a list of do's and don'ts. Uh, Even this is—I'm guilty of this as well. I mean, we when when someone would—if someone asked you to describe a good Christian, what would you say? They pray. They read their Bible. They serve. They're generous. They have compassion. But it tends to be this list of, if I'm a follower of Christ, I have to do this and this and this. And I can't support this and this and this. And there's just this list. And Jesus is saying, look, we need to realize that, that left by ourselves, there's not one of us that can follow all these rules. If you and I could do it by ourselves, Jesus would not have had to die on the cross. If you and I were able to do this on our own, Jesus would never have had to come. But Jesus did come. Jesus saves us from this. Jesus saves us from this, this yoke of self-reliance, having to feel like, like we have to do it on our own. Because here's the thing, Jesus never came and said the law is a bad thing. Jesus doesn't come and say, take my yoke upon you where the rules no longer apply. No. Take my yoke upon you. It's easy it's light. But Jesus, even in other places, says, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. I didn't come to make it so there weren't any more rules. No, Jesus is saying, come to me, because if you don't come to me, there's no way that you can do this on your own. You need me. You need my spirit within you to be able to live the kind of life that I'm calling you to live. We need to take off this yoke of, of self-reliance. See, there's this danger that we think that we can. But end up, it just kind of feels like we're the guy on TV just spinning plates. Just, just hoping none of them crash and fall. Because we can't. We can't do it. And it's a heavy burden to feel like we have to. To be able to put on the yoke of Christ, we need to be able to take off this yoke of self-reliance we need to be able to take off the yoke of sin. I mean, the whole point of this whole thing is that we will fall short. And we can spend our whole life trying to measure up, trying to follow the rules, trying to be a good person, trying to do the right thing. We will fall short. There's a uh, Puritan preacher who... Uh, I always go back to this quote. You've probably heard me say it before. It says, even the tears of our repentance need to be washed in the blood of Jesus. There is not one piece of you or me who can do this on our own. See, the result of... uh, the result of being able to take off these yokes of sin and of... Self-reliance is that we don't have to to come here anymore and think that God is somehow disappointed with us. Think that somehow we don't measure up. Think that somehow we're not good enough, or that we just uh, we just can't quite do it. Because Jesus makes it possible. God has taken our sin. He's taken our inability to do it on our own. We need to take off these yokes. And then here comes Jesus. He says, take those off. Take these yokes off. Put this one on. Put my yoke on you. Verse 29 and 30. Come to me, all who you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now. This, this whole thing, take my yoke upon you, learn from me. Now, in my head, when I read this, maybe it's just my experience. Learning and rest don't go hand in hand for me. <laughs> I remember college. I don't think you could describe my college experience as well-rested, right? Maybe you're the same. But he's saying, you, you learn from me, and I will give you, I'll give you rest, now, this is, this is also kind of weird, right? Jesus is, is not just saying, look, you're not going to have a yoke. There is a yoke on you. But if Jesus is trying to give us freedom, then why do we have to put on a yoke? This is another question that I hear. Why, why do I have to put on another yoke? If Jesus is trying to free me from all these burdens, from these, these heavy things that I have to do, why do I have to put on another yoke? Well, I want to just go back just to this, this first image of the ox, and I want you to think with me about that imagery with the two ox and the one yoke. Because I think this is another beautiful picture of our Christian life as we are in Christ. Because on one side of the yoke, we have the strongest, most perfect ox who knows the voice of God the Father, who knows the commands that he is teaching us, who knows the way that he's trying to guide us. And then on the other side, you have probably the weakest ox ever who definitely couldn't do it on his own. And it's us. See, when we take on the yoke of Christ, we take on the strength and we take on the just direction and the guidance of the stronger ox of Jesus Christ. Amen. Who guides us and directs us and helps us to live the way that He's calling us to live. Remember, we can't do this on our own. Amen. We can't. We can't do this on our own. He's inviting you to take on His yoke. It's as if Jesus said, Hey, come in, come in this yoke with me. I got you. Point of part three of this whole series. How do we become the kind of people that Jesus is calling us to be? The answer is we can't do it on our own. We need to hide our lives in Christ. We need to to place our lives in His hands. Part three of this whole series. How do we become the kind of people that Jesus is calling us to be? The answer is we can't do it on our own. We need to hide our lives in Christ. We need to to place our lives in His hands. Okay. Part three of this whole series. How do we become the kind of people that Jesus is calling us to be the answer is we can't do it on our own. We need to hide our lives in Christ. We need to to place our lives in His hands and allow this whole series. How do we become the kind of people that Jesus is calling us to be? The answer is we can't do it on our own. We need to hide our lives in Christ. We need to to place our lives in His hands and allow Him this whole series. How do we become the kind of people that Jesus is calling us to be? The answer is we can't do it on our own. We need to hide our lives in Christ. We need to to place our lives in His hands and allow Him to to guide and direct as we go. And what do we get from all of this? We get rest. Now this word rest is in just these three verses twice. Now there's two different words for these these words of rest. This first rest is, you know, come to me all of you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. This verse, when he's talking about rest, this word is, is rest as you think it would be. It's peace. It's just, you know, it's actually the same word as Romans chapter 5, verse 1. He says this, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. And this peace with God is the same word that Jesus is using here when he's saying, come to me, all of you who are heavy and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you peace. But then there's this, this second word, take my yoke upon me, learn from me. I'm gentle, I'm humble in heart, and you will find rest. This rest it's not just a well-rested kind of rest. This rest, this word that is actually here is shalom. Peace, tranquility, wholeness. Amen. Take my yoke upon me, upon you. Learn from me. Yes. Learn from me. I'm gentle, I'm humble in heart. You will find rest, you will find in this. This rest is is different. It kind of reminds me, actually, of of Psalm 23. Now You read this psalm, and you you just see a person who is so at rest in Christ. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path. For his name's sake, even though I walk through the valley through the darkest valley I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil my cup overflows surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever I don't know that there's much more of a of a peaceful state of mind than right here it doesn't matter. I could go through the valley of darkness. I know you're with me. I know I don't have to do it alone. I've got the strong ox in the yoke with me. He prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I know I don't have to face this alone. I've got a strong ox in the yoke with me. There's a peace. There's a rest. There's a sense of, of wholeness that comes as we place the yoke of Christ on our shoulders. But in order to do this, we have to free ourselves of the heavy burdens of the yokes that are placed on us by other places. Amen. Take it off. And when we do that, when we give up the yoke of our guilt and our sin, Jesus gives us salvation. When we give up and we take off the yoke of self reliance and we get peace with Christ. I don't I don't know that I want to be anywhere different. But this is a daily choice for us. This is not something that happens just a one time, and man, I just have wholeness and tranquility. That's how my life can be described, because on one day a long time ago, I gave my heart to Christ. Like this is a very daily thing to take off the yokes that the world puts on us, take off the yoke of sin and of guilt. And say, no, I'm going to put on the yoke of Christ today. To take off the yoke of self-reliance, this idea that I can just pull myself up from my bootstraps and do it on my own. I'm going to take that yoke off. I'm going to put on the yoke of Christ. Because I can't do this by myself. I need the strong rocks in with me. I need Jesus to help me and to guide me and to move me and direct me. To help me understand the commands of God. To help me understand the way that he would have me mature and grow. I need Jesus. It's a daily decision to take our lives, to place them in Christ. To say, today, Jesus, I'm yours. Today, I give you my life. I submit, like we talked about a few few weeks ago, I submit everything to you. I'm yours. I place my life in your hands. Next week, I want to talk about the flip of that. And as we do that, as we give Christ our life, He gives us everything that He is. That's a, that's a powerful image to think about. But this week, I want you to, I want you to pray about this. I want you to think about this. What does it look like for you every single day to say, today, my life is yours. Today, I give you everything I have. Today, I'm going to take off this yoke of self-reliance. I'm going to Take off this yoke of sin. I'm going to put on the yoke of Christ. And God, I just—would you guide me? Would you direct me? Would you push me? Would you pull me where I need to go? Sometimes, God, if I'm in the wrong, if I'm going the wrong direction, would you just give the yoke a little, little tug so I know I'm supposed to go this way? God, would you just—would you teach me? Would I be able to learn from you in your yoke? God, would you just—would you be with me? Do you struggle with having other yokes on? Which one do you struggle with? Is there one that I didn't even mention? Think about the yokes that you put on yourself. Think about taking them off to put on the yoke of Christ this week. Let's pray. God, God, we love you. And we are so grateful to be in your presence. God, this morning, as we as we open your word and as we dive in, God, will we just... Go home with the, with the understanding and knowing that we need to put every single day our lives in your hands. Would we place our lives in you? As Colossians 3 said, would, we, would our lives be hidden with you in God? God, help us to go forward this week. Would you be in our conversations? Would you be in our workplaces? Would you be in our cars as we travel? Would you be with us as we go that we might, we might take this to heart? that we might make this decision daily and that we might make a difference for you wherever we may find ourselves. God, we just, we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? If you're new, we end every, every week the same way. We just, uh, we pray a blessing over you. So just, if you would just hold out your hands and just receive a blessing from God this morning. Would our God, the God who says, come to me, all of you who are heavy and burdened, would this God take, help you to take off your yokes that are weighing you down? Would he place his yoke on you? Would you learn from him this week? Would, you, would he guide you this week? Would he empower you this week? that you might go and make a difference for him wherever you may find yourself. Would you go in the peace and love and grace of this same God? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for coming today.